So a few questions are starting to appear. And a big one, of course, for many people, how to love myself. How to love myself. I think we can really keep coming back to that in various talks, various angles. And of course, you know, uh, it's a question that needs qualification. (laughs) In general, it's regarding one's heart as taking it seriously. So just recognizing love is not just um, sentiment, but it's appropriate parenting, guidance. So the more we care for ourselves, our hearts, our well-being, that you count, then you see you cultivate precepts, sense, restraint, uh, gratitude, generosity, because these make you feel good. And more specifically, you might say, when we're sitting in meditation, we can feel a rather negative heart. That particular time, we can't cultivate anything or do anything. We can't, you know, say, you know, you've kept precepts. You, you know, you've done that. You still don't feel good about yourself, even though you've done these things. Yeah, so... Um, There's a practice, a technique, something similar to what we're talking about. Just imagine you're sitting in something that is warm. And essentially, this kind of love isn't something you, you, you do, you receive it. And that's part of that um, mode of practice. Especially the lawnmowers that I was saying don't find a problem and now I'm gathering around my cootie. <laughs> so I hope you don't make a problem out of it. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's not you have to you don't have to do it. <laughs> That's the problem. How do I do love? No, you don't do it. You stop the doing or you begin to gently relax the doing. And you might say imagine what it would be like to you didn't have to do very much and that something else around you is happy to see you and that's why we cultivate that meditation I've just described the sense of opening the field from the subject who's always doing and trying to get it right and there's a place for that but that can't do loving itself because Love is a non-action. In this, at this particular point, it's the receiving of benevolence. So where's the benevolence? I can't, well, I can't feel it, I can't feel it. Well, because in that particular state, when you can't feel it, you can't, you're actually living in an isolated packet yourself. Now, what is outside yourself? Well, well, I, I'm living this body, so around me there's trees and cars and walls. They're not particularly benevolent. I don't, where's that? That's what it looks like. Now, if you go to the mind, there you are, you know, trying to 
at things and do things and change things and steady things. That's your doingness. All good. At a certain point, yeah. Just let all of that mind stuff be as it is. As it is. And it'll keep bubbling and changing, just as it is. And regard all of that content, all of that content, which is both what you do and what's happening to you, you know, your actions, your impulses, your wishes, and what's happening to you, your concerns and worries, all of that as one mass, one mass. This is called active mind, mind objects. That, which is very much, seems so much like me and what's happening to me. All of that. Now, all of that as an entirety can be seen, reviewed. It's a very wide focus. Just like you're watching somebody else doing their thing, being who they are. And you step out of that. Oh. Mm. Stepping out of that. Regarding it. All of that. With its, it's never finished. It's always changing. It's never arise at a place of stability. It's shifting around. It's good and some not so good. All of that. This is mind. This is what I experience myself as being. May that be well. It's that gentle wish over all of that. So if you find that, if you get to that wide span, now this is where, so your action will be inside that packet. Right? Your actions to make things happen, that's, in, that's inside you. That's the me bit in the mind. And the stuff you're dealing with is the mind bit. Dealing with my thoughts, dealing with my body, handling my energies. The me and the mind are in that packet together, working with each other. You know, we can regard all of that. What's there to say? It's like that. Just, just warm wishes, warm wishes, warm wishes. So it's not that the me within that package starts loving everything. Because that's more pressure on the me, who in fact doesn't quite know how to do loving. And the mine, which is my thoughts and impressions, don't really know what that is right now. So you have to step outside it, and then it's more of a natural arising. It's called unconditioned love. But stuff is good, bad, not so good, some good, some bad. That's not, that's not its concern. It's me not measuring anything, not valuing or judging anything. It just steps outside and witnesses that. You can do that. It can be done. It requires a wide focus, stable openness, and then... Breathing, energy 
of presence. Soft. Soft. No pushing. No pressing. No tugging. No messing. No meddling. What's left when that stops? And stay with it. And stay with it as if you're almost as if you're holding it in your hand. So don't look at it as a thought from your thinking mind, look at it from your heart. Feel it from your heart. How does that feel, all that? However it feels isn't really the point. The point is to relate to it from that which knows feeling, experiences feeling. Um, See how that works for you. It's an important topic because if that is cultivated then the various issues of that me are all regarded with a mind of compassion and goodwill and that begins to permeate the entire field of the mind. How to deal with loneliness so many people are feeling lonely. Loneliness, and of course, <laughs> you know, Buddha talks about blissful solitude. Why isn't why isn't solitude blissful? Well, we might reflect again what I've just talked about. It's very often the case that the the lack of love is not direct hatred so much as just there isn't a warming effect happening we experience that as loneliness I'm on all of this, all me, I'm on my own it's just bleak, there's no caring in, in, in that field in that experience of me who isn't cared for and uh, it's as if you're on the face of the moon right? bleak Stark, and we experience, we call that loneliness. The difference between that and blissful solitude is blissful solitude is when that quality of warm regarding is with us, is present, because we've expanded our, our attention to include that very wide field. And loneliness, part of it is because, for various reasons, most of us live within a sort of a self-membrane. You know, obviously, that's the way the world is. This is mine, my house, my door, my body, my place, my car, my whatever. That's kind of where we, we virtually live. And there's a boundary around that for good enough reasons. You know, there's violation, there's conflict, there's people doing messy things to it and say it's mine you know so you create that boundary and at certain times you might open that boundary to particular people oh so and so yeah please come in nice to see you other times you just say you always got that that boundary Um, uh, it, it does make it kind of lonely 
Now that boundary may have a habitual resonance of apprehension, like, you know, I could get hurt, I could people could do something unpleasant to me, you know, understandable. Um, and yet, you know, that means the isolated individual, and that means nothing's there to support me, I've got to do it on some basic emotional level. You know, so I can try to do things to, you know, cheer myself up and have a good time and meet people and, you know, pull myself together. And this is the doing of warm feeling. Bad. But at a certain time, that doing, you get like, you know, what happens when that runs out or, you know, we can't do it. And then, see the white membrane of the self, boundary of the self. And you can be aware of that boundary. Is it marked by the feel? Generally, it's marked by a, a non-loving experience. It could be experience of fear, shame, guilt, regret. I am somehow, you know, retracting. The voice around me does not receive me. You can have these emotional messages in it. Now, can we touch those emotional messages sympathetically? Yes. Yes, we understand that. I'm not trying to bust this boundary, understand this. That sadness, that sense of not being good enough, that is understood. And experience with some quality of compassion. Maybe and with breathing. And maybe that gesture of compassion to our self-boundary, I hope some of this is making sense, <laughs> does, strange enough, cause it to soften. Not disintegrate, but soften, because you, do, you, certainly, you want to have one, but you don't want a shell. So that softening, that self-boundary, qualities seems more permeable, seems more permeable, and then that, when it becomes permeable, softer, strangely enough, without any particular effort, strange impressions come in. Sometimes people have visions of love or light, or, or they remember somebody in the past, or they see something from some other sphere. They feel a sense of, you know, universal love or light happens, and you know, oh, you are part of something. The self is always alone, you know, to a degree. We, you know, we make friends, we have company, and yet, deep, a very deep place, the self is alone. 
structure. We can't. Yeah. So we go to the boundary of it and begin to work on the emotional or energetic qualities that are in that boundary. When they're tight, they're asking for something. Please, please help. Please. And that, that sound, that voice, that tone is heard in the heart and compassion. That helps. And of course, events like this may help. Just the sheer, much more mundane level of just Kalyanamita, such an important feature for our development and well being. So, someone's sharing the sense of while sitting, they experience the sense of being in a flow. Very beautiful. Lovely to, lovely to read that. Thank you for that. Sometimes the mind seems happy to stay in the quiet state of calm. A question arises, where are you? Sometimes the mind moves to potential thinking, bringing it back to this quiet space, watching just here. Is this helpful? Yeah, it is helpful. Just here. And uh, thank you for being just here. It's a special thing to do, a special place to arrive at. So enjoy it. Enjoy it and be, be gladdened by it. You don't have to make anything. Someone experiences gratitude while they were sitting and rejoicing. That's lovely. How these things happen effortlessly, you just suddenly find these moods, emotions. Washing, where did that come from? I didn't do it. Because this is the beauty of the of the very wide field that I'm encouraging. You know, we often live in a kind of little corner of it, not even recognizing there's anything out there, you know, apart from things that we feel alienated from. But the self-boundary, get to the edge of that. Self-boundary, not the boundary of the room, you know, the door, but the boundary of where your sense of being something. And, and, then, and then if you relax, you know, the idea of there being sights and sounds, you just go, what's outside the mind? Oh, it's free. It's free-flowing... And it's 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 generally benevolent. Way to prevent negative energy coming towards us. Or do we just keep observing it? Negative energy coming towards you. Well, um, you withdraw to your strength. It doesn't mean you run away so much as you remember that upright axis we've been talking about. Upright axis. Now, you know, anatomically speaking, you could sense that as the spine. That's a simple and you know, user-friendly way to talk about it. Your spine, as you withdraw your energy, but at the same time, you're not tightening up. You're not contracting in a fearful state. You just that's that. I'm just like you're changing your focus. So when I lean back from the screen, I'm just getting a wider focus on that. So like I withdraw 
my energy in a collecting, composing way and get the whole thing, you know, it's a sense of the upright the ground and the sky. Stay in that. Collect yourself in that. And negative energy doesn't go there. What happens with negative energy is it lures us out to fight with it or push it away or deal with it or and then we we tipped away from our upright axis where the strength is. It's like a uh, a trick. Negative energy, you kind of you lose your center. You ru- you rush off or you f- go out and fight with it or you you go and sh- try to shut the door. So you go out from your center to to deal with it. Uh, obviously. Uh, we think that will deal with it. Actually what it does is we get stuck with it. We find ourselves entangled with it. And then when you're entangled with it, you're going to become negative yourself. You become fearful, you become irritable, you become hasty, and the, you get these, you know, it infects you. So here's, here's your centre. Really strengthen down that, that sense of the breathing, holding yourself there. And this Negative energy can't catch you, where the Mara doesn't come. So any moment of truth is also out by axis. So when the Buddha, the Buddha, this is true, that's an upright statement. Mara goes, I'm not arguing, I'm just stating. I'm taking my centre back. I'm not messing around. This is the truth. And then all this, oh, you shouldn't make any somewhere else. I'm not dealing with that. Someone talks about um, grasping the in-breath of the solar plexus. Breath gets stuck there. Um, Try to avoid localizing your attention too much on points in the body, even if they do demand. If your solar plexus area kind of suddenly becomes prominent and grasping, you you want your attention to do exactly the opposite. To go wider. So if you're experiencing your solar plexus, just widen, keep your attention widening down to the abdominal floor, up into your chest, the back, the back, particularly the back, the space around you. And if you're grasping on the in-breath, as you get that very wide focus, onto the out-breath. Slow breathing down your back. Mm-hmm. Now you may think, I can't breathe down my back. That's my lungs in the front. Now when you experience the rhythm of breathing, the energy flow, direct your attention towards the back. And then the energy flow, will you'll feel it flowing there because it's a whole body thing. Now, if we're getting energy getting to stuck places, if you put your attention there, the energy will continue to go into stuck place. And it can't float freely. So you'll experience the stuckness, and then naturally you can't get through this. So your mind gets stuck. So you withdraw from that place, find out, is there a current which is flowing freely? And it could be the down current of our breath. And as if you're almost leaning on it, 
Just take your hand off and let the in-breath flow up. And focus towards the back. And you can also focus as if the breath is moving out, like in an expanding circle, rather than up and down the body. Expanding circle. That may help some of the subtle muscles in your body also to relax, open out. Because all of this tightening is aspects of the general problem of contraction. And solar plexus is a very powerful contracting center. When you get nervous or tension, that tightens up. It's like a screw thread. And it pulls all the, all the membranes around the torso, tightens the whole thing up. It's like a ringer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and generally, you don't go to the center of a tight place to undo it. You go to the loosest place. So, how my shoulders? Yeah. Uh, my tip of my shoulder blades down my back, uh, connecting the shoulder blades and the back of the pelvis. Yeah. To be there when you're breathing in and out. Yeah. And so you go around the, the tight center. Okay, someone's asking about uh, standing meditation, focus on the sensations of standing. Can you also focus on the breath as in sitting meditation? You're not to concern oneself on the breath when standing. Okay, well you focus on the sensation of standing just to make sure you're not going to, you know, you've got both feet on the floor uh, and then the body is upright. Uh, takes being quite careful about that with the main theme being how does this body come into balance so that all the weight is going straight down into the floor so I'm not having to hold myself you know in some way so you need the the posture muscles to relax that's that's it really on, on the level of sensation so you can that's about right because generally this means there's less sensation associated with holding and then what begins to occur is the energy begins to move because its system has loosened up so it allows muscles if they're looser don't block energy loose muscles more energy flow right so energy is not a pattern power energy this is vitality energy so if the muscles are looser the energy starts to flow more thoroughly And so there's this happening. We focus on maintaining balance. Within that, within that energy body, first thing. And and then what's around, around that energy body? Is it spacious? Contracted. So keeping it nice, spacious sense around your energy body. And if you manage that, or if that comes online, you'll notice within that energy body there's a tidal flow, which is breathing. So then, when I talk about the sensations of breathing, I talk about the energy of breathing, the vitality of it. Breathing in is a kind of vital brightening, and breathing out is a vital cooling and relaxing. And it's not localised. It's global. 
So then if you're standing, your standing axis is holding the center and the breath, breath body, the energy body just expands and subsides around that center. That's um, in synopsis how I would explain that. Uh, not not focusing like in that on a point or localizing, but just receiving, receiving, which is an interesting way to remember focus. It's not always about looking in. It's sometimes it's being looked at, yeah, being receptive. It's a focus that we we don't use very much. Very good one to to develop. So a person. Uh, talks about events, events that have harmed my sense of purity, my chitta, some from childhood, left quite deep scarring, created certain strong personality traits which aren't all that positive. Now we just suggest working with this. Uh, well, yeah, I think it's a, a universal, universal enough question. I don't know what the traits are, but I imagine most of those traits will be to do with, they'll be active activations. You do something to get over the scarring feeling. You know, explain something, or blame something, or try to be better, or, you know, or avoid it, or think of something positive instead. These are kind of, we don't like that, that experience. Um, don't go into them. Don't go into the topics, uh, first of all, just you know, to get that wide focus. Whatever is here, whatever is here is conditioned from events. It's actually not me, not mine. That's, of course, that's just an idea right now. But what is the dominant tone? The most predominant tone, maybe not good enough. That could be what the dominant tone, or I'm somehow dirty, or soiled, or you know, yucky, not very nice, but ugly, or messy, or something. You know, shame. Um, I've done something wrong. There's something wrong with me. These are kind of. So you might get one of those tonal voices. It may not even be verbal. It may just be a mood sweeps over you, hopeless, useless, lesser, sort of slightly disgusting. And these are the scars. So you take one of those tones, you know, so forget about it being you or a person, but it's a tone. It is a tone in the chitta. Okay, and really helpful to be able to return to a tone of just stability, not feeling great, but I can be with this. You know, it's not going to feel fantastically cheerful, but I can bear presence with this. This is what I call again another expression of the upright axis. I can, there can be being with this rather than being in it. And remember, being in it is precarious because if you go into it, you're going to start. Trying to make it this way, that way, and this doesn't actually work. Can we be with that, or be with that but not in it? 
as I've explained or tried to suggest in various images, so it's standing outside but not looking away. Uh, perhaps not even looking, but standing outside and feeling that as if it's the heat coming into your hands or the, and the emotional tone. How's that? Um, breathing into that. And um, it will tend to try to pull these these unpleasant effects, negative energy will tend to try to amplify themselves with stories. Just keep you know, returning to the fundamental tone, don't go into stories. They'll keep saying you should do something, don't do that. Uh, they'll keep saying you are something or you aren't something, don't believe that. Maintain that presence. And, uh, breathing energy flowing through that so the breathing helps the heart to come out of its impressed besiege state where you just oh goodness, trying to defend yourself from those unpleasant feelings the breathing which is given essentially the remedy that we're looking for is that which is given rather than that which I produce. However good my productions are, that's not what's useful here. It's what's given, not produced. And we have to go to that place where the given can, can speak. And the given is ground, you know, again, metaphors, the ground, the, the sky, the space, these are metaphors. Where do you find ground? That's a given. You don't have to create ground, you just have to reach it. You don't have to create the sky, you just have to lift to that. All up there and down there. And very often these <laughs> afflictions will tend to narrow us, so we leave the ground. And we get involved and we leave the ground, we leave the ground of the given. We're working on the dealing with and holding it and making sure and doing business with it. You want to just return to the, to the ground and the given. Presence is given. You can't create presence, it's given. But you do need to return to it. And when presence begins to refer to the person, their topics, presence when it begins to refer or regard topics is benevolent. It, may, it doesn't tell you to cheer up or shrug it off, it just has got a gentle it's empathetic, it's resonant. But sometimes that's just all is really necessary is to to have one's pain received unconditionally by something that is just open to that, not meddling with it. This is I say this is a fundamental paradigm. 
your inquiry is just to get out of all that stuff one dominant trait, one dominant theme. It could be a different one, depending. It could be, you know, the, the sickly or the weak or the ugly or the despised or the inadequate or the rejected or the not good enough, you know. <laughs> you know that one? <laughs> Guess what? Everybody's got one of those. <laughs> Okay, so it's not just you. <laughs> it's part of the territory. Okay, that one. Uh, that, you know, just to be with that. Because it comes. So one can talk about that for quite a while. But I hope that's of some some use. And maybe once you've got that in mind, things that are said in other talks, you'll begin to... Oh, that, oh, that speaks to that. So I've heard a lot about energy, helps us to have healthy body and mind, but it's not the meditation technique. No, it's not a technique, it's a natural feature of our experience. Everything is energetic. If things change, which they do, there must be some energy. Because you know, nothing's static, nothing's fixed, nothing's concrete, everything's in flow, so that's energy. Now it's not energy in terms of dynamic action, it's more like energy in terms of vitality you could say and if there's a technique it's to refer to that and recognize that's what's underpinning that's what's powering thoughts and emotions and activities and even sensations are riding on this tide of energy so let's just just shift from these external manifestations of thoughts and emotions to what do they ride on you know, so your thinking mind is riding on a bubbling wave like a dragon pulsing along the ground a dragon of thought these tremendous flashing lines coming out of it you know? and your emotions are moving on the great ocean you know, tides pushing surging sometimes sinking spreading smoothly just contemplate these, these energies they have no words to them but they can be ah oh, this one just gathered restrained collected soothed and everything body mind heart thoughts they all they're all different out aspects of that they will all begin to benefit from it including your own physicality will benefit from it Last question for today. Um, worry, worrying about other people. The worry seems to grab me and stay. Worry is uh, frustrated love. That's why it's uh, interesting it's so common because there's a lot of love and a lot of it's frustrated. We wish for the welfare of others, and we can't quite make it happen. Yeah. We have concern for the compassion that others don't suffer, and we don't feel we can make it happen. <laughs> yeah. We feel somebody isn't getting good enough, you know, fed good enough, looked after well enough. So we'd really love to have that more detailed experience. They would rejoice in their happiness, but they're not getting it. So this frustration of these Brahmihara generates this worry body which is trying to 
how could it happen? And it's it's unwholesome. It wears you out, and it deprives you of your own nourishment. If you're undernourished, you can't possibly be of much service to others or yourself. You can't fix your daughters if you're a nervous wreck. Simply speaking, in fact, they'll think, "Oh goodness, mother, get off my back, will you? Leave me alone. I'm a grown woman. You know, do this kind of stuff." They don't. They don't want to worry about. <laughs> so it's tough, you know. But the the Brahmavihara that uh, isn't isn't really doesn't get much <laughs> much airtime is equanimity. Equanimity means oh you don't care. No, it doesn't mean you don't care does not mean you don't care, it's the big Brahmavihara you know, that helps the others to find their place it's the big one which means, okay, I'm open, I'm sensitive, I'm receptive, I'm feeling feelings I'm not doing anything about it I'm sensitive, I'm open, I'm not closing down no, I'm not doing anything, I'm not stifling myself Either I'm staying open, receptive, but I'm not doing anything about that. Let it come to me, you know. Maintain that open, equanimous mudra of the heart, and it it it, it can be really painful experience because it can happen within that impotence. You know, I can't fix anybody. I can't get inside somebody else's mind and sort them out. Of course you can't. Can you accept that? You better. But does it mean, ah, oh, so what? People are what they are, who cares? It's their life. What's to do about it? No, that's not it. That's Nick. That's, that's not skillful either. You can feel yourself going to kind of fed up state. No, it's open. It's that open, anybody wants to come here, it's very welcome, ask my advice, very welcome. And that, that's, that's your basic, uh, widest expansion of the heart. It's a very wide expansion because it includes pleasure, pain, failure, success, joy, sorrow, impotence, creative urges, and just all of it. There it is. I'm with that, I'm open to that. I'm not making a self out of any of it. Yeah. Now you think you've got daughters. <laughs> I wonder what that is. <laughs> well, that really trans translates to his experience. You've probably got a worried daughter, <laughs> and you've probably got, oh, you know, she's not, she's not what I want her to be. And I'm, you know, maybe, maybe you're probably right. She's not what you want her to be. But that was never on the script, was it? <laughs> you know? So, who are these people in your heart? They're manifestations of your own sense of impotence, frustration, frustrated love. And equanimity is completely unfrustrated. It's love that has no frustration in it. It's good, fine, I'm open. Bad, fine, I'm open. Failure, fine, I'm open. You know, success, fine, I'm open. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about? Great, you don't understand anything, I'm an idiot. Fine, I'm open. <laughs> that's that's the big one. 
and uh, that's you stay there and then you, you know, and then maybe the occasion comes around when something comes to you you have to let the other see you not as the warrior that they don't really want to be with but as that open stable loving presence and then maybe they come to you say, oh, what about this what about that that's more suitable and you, you keep that nothing is yours other people are not yours yeah. be with what is yours which is the expanded boundless heart that's something you have some say over and the rest of it well we have to be equanimous about Upeka is the word and um, I guess we'll have to talk about that fully so thank you for bringing it up and then these questions that you've mentioned I'm sure have a very broad significance for other people and suitable to weave into our ongoing teaching uh, dialogue and transmission so thank you very much for presenting presenting your, your hearts